I think the biggest determinant of success is how determined you are to have success. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am delighted to welcome back one of my favorite guests ever. His name is Mike McCallowitz, and by his 35th birthday, he had founded and sold two multi-million dollar companies. Confident that he had the formulas to success, he became a small business angel investor. He proceeded to lose his entire fortune, but then he started all over again, driven to find better ways to grow healthy and strong companies. Mike has devoted his life to the research and delivery of innovative, impactful, and entrepreneurial strategies to you. He's the creator of Profit First, which is used by hundreds of thousands of companies across across the globe to drive profit. And he's the creator of Clockwork, a powerful method to make any business run on automatic. His latest, arguably most impactful discovery is Fix This Next. In Fix This Next, Mike details the strategy businesses can use to determine what to do in what order to ensure healthy, fast, permanent growth. Today, Mike leads two multi-million dollar ventures as he tests his latest business research for his books. He's a former small business consultant for the Wall Street Journal and a business makeover specialist on MSNBC. Mike is a popular main stage keynote speaker on innovative entrepreneurial topics. And as stated, the author of Fix This Next, Clockwork, Profit First, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Fabled author, Simon Sinek, deemed Mike Michalowicz, this is, this is for real, the top contender for the patron saint of entrepreneurs. Should I call you Saint Mike? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, well, welcome back to The Daily Helping, Mike. It's great to have you here. Dr. Richard, it's a joy to be back. Thanks for so for those of you who missed our first discussion, that was back way back on episode yeah. 65, and that was how to design your business to run itself. That was a great discussion. We talked about his book, Clockwork, but we're going to talk about his new book today. Mike, I, I got to know, so you, you're a prolific writer. What was the impetus for writing your latest book? So it came about due to a technical error. It's funny how mistakes turn into opportunities. I emailed my, my readership. And that's about five years ago. I think it's five years ago. And I emailed them saying, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in the year ahead, expecting to get feedback on different business concerns? And uh, I must have clicked the button like three times in a row because they went out three times that day, the same request. And in some cases, the same person answered the same question with different answers. I got, I got emails back. From, I remember one guy in the morning said, oh, we have a sales problem. We need to get a, a proper sales Methodology here in the afternoon said, Oh, we have a hiring problem. We don't hire good people. And the evening was like, We have a marketing problem. And by the the evening was a vision setting. It became very apparent that the biggest challenge entrepreneurs have is knowing what your biggest challenge is. He's not alone. 
we constantly think everything is the next big thing. We're rushing to put out all these apparent fires without knowing what's the one impact of our business needs. So how many of those entrepreneurs were you talking to before the little light bulb on your head, over your head went off and said, okay, this is, this is going to be my next book? Uh, not too many. So, you know, I got a response from about a thousand people, but the, the first one that I got was like that. I was like, oh my gosh, but I saw the emails coming in. And then I thought about my own struggle as an entrepreneur. And everything seems to be top priority. Everything for me. And more of like that came back. And I started to query saying, hey, do you ever feel like uh, your agenda is dictated by your email? Do you feel like, you know, there's a line of questions outside the door and you never get done what you believe is important for the business. And there was this emphatic, that's my life feedback. Yeah. That, you know, people move from being a firefighter when they're a solopreneur, when they have a few employees, they're now a fire chief. It, it, even though the business is shifting, it's still constantly on fire. And many businesses hit a ceiling. It's a revenue ceiling or a growth ceiling. And it usually results in the owner being exhausted because they're doing everything. It was, it was that feedback that I kept on hearing outside of that initial survey that just affirmed I got to write a book on pinpointing what's the one most impactful thing we can do and need to do right now to move our business forward and, and do it in a sequence of always hitting the impactful thing, not addressing all the apparent issues. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's the old adage working on your business and not in your business, right? Sure. So as you started doing this research for your book, what were some of the patterns and themes that started emerging? Well, yeah, so it came clear that many entrepreneurs always revert to trying to sell their way out of their circumstances. So when business isn't going the way they anticipated it would go or wanted to go, they try to sell their way out of it, which is a trap. Um, and sadly, there's some people that say sales cures everything, and it's total nonsense. Sales is necessary. It's not sufficient for a healthy business. Well, what I did was I started studying the makeup of business and found that there's a common genetic code or DNA for all business. And I also studied kind of human uh, species, if you will, and found that there's an absolute parallel. This thing called biomimicry. Biomimicry is where you take something established in nature, it's a human you know, species, and compare it to uh, and translate it to business. Well, if you look at humanity, 99.5% of our genetic makeup of all people is identical. So basically, we're all identical. It's just the outward factors, our height, our gender, our skin color, our accent. Those are things that we judge people upon. But if you peel back the skin of humanity, our biological makeup is the same. Well, I translate this into business. We deem businesses to be so distinct and different. What you do and I do is so different. What a pizza shop owner has and the accountant is so different. But when you peel back the skin, we all have sales needs, we all have to drive profitability for our sustainability. Uh, we need to build uh, systems so that we don't trade with business on our bank. We must have impact. So I, I figured out what this code is. There's five levels of needs in a business. And it's very similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's just a business hierarchy of needs, I call it. Foundationally, every business needs sales. Sales is the creation of cash organization. If you have no sales, you have no business. Uh, I can, if I equate it back to Maslow's hierarchy, it's like oxygen. We need sales for the business to absorb or receive oxygen. If you have no sales, your business is suffocating. But amplifying sales without the consideration for the other levels becomes a problem. It's hyperventilation. You can only breathe in so much before actually becomes detrimental. 
So sales is the foundation of every business. But once that's adequately satisfied, we then know it goes to the next level of needs, which is profitability. Profit translates to the stability of an organization. It's the absorption of the oxygen to the bloodstream. No profit in the runway. The COVID crisis makes you see how many businesses were focused on sales but not profit. They found out business. Once profit is adequately addressed, then we elevate to the next level. Next level is order. Order is the creation of efficiency. It's where a business is not dependent on, particularly small businesses, on the owner working harder and longer. It's where the system can, the business can sustain itself through systems. Level above that's impact. Impact is the creation of transformation for clients. This is where clients aren't experiencing a transaction. They're experiencing a transaction that transforms their lives in some mm. capacity. Then the highest level is called legacy. Legacy is the creation of business permanence, where business is designed to live on its perpetuity. And as I was doing my research, what was so fascinating about this highest and final level is where business owners that have achieved this or are, are serving this said to me, I had a realization as a business owner. I never was a business owner. I've always been a business steward, meaning I have a responsibility to bring this entity, this business to life, but the continuance of the business is more significant than my involvement in it. And how this business hierarchy works is once you know the five levels, just like Maslow, we start the foundation and say, is it satisfied adequately? Do I have sales? If you have some sales coming in, we then need to evaluate the profit level. Can we extract profit from sales? If, if no, do we need more sales to drive that profit or do we have a bad profit method? We need to implement that. Once profits adequately satisfied, we look at efficiency. We have profit to focus on efficiency, extract the owner away from the business and so forth. So you always start the foundation, make sure it's satisfied and build your way up. The second this foundation is compromised, you revert to the foundation and serve it. Is the final analogy of it. You know, right now as I'm presenting to you, you and I are both breathing, but we don't have to think about it. It's an automatic response at the physiological base level. But if, if someone came to me and put like a plastic bag over my head and duct tape around my neck, also now I'm suffocating, I'm not going to be sharing what, what I wrote in the Britain in the book. I'm going to revert to a base level need to tear that bag away. So we, in our, in our own personal life, we will always move to the level that we have adequate need and satisfy that and revert to the base. Same thing in our business. We, we will keep elevating to a level where it's adequately satisfied um, and above and beyond that until something at the base is compromised and revert back. You ping pong around, you don't find lag. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy in that people are moving up and down this depending on life circumstances. In your experience, have you found people can skip any of these steps? Like can we can we get to like impact without having, you know, order? Can we yeah, do that? Great question. The answer is not really or not. Um, so I'll give you an extreme circumstance. There's uh, businesses that go into business simply to have impact or hold not for profits. And we want to cure X. Uh, we're committed to it. And they go in and they just say, here we are. We've built it. Why are they coming? And they don't focus on a sales system, which is contributions in their case. They don't focus on profitability, which is retention of cash to sustain the entity itself. They don't focus on order deliverables, so they can't scale, they can't do it at a bigger level. So the only way to have impact, adequate impact, is to have an adequate foundation. I call it the get to give, as opposed to give to get. The get to give. You need to get sales in, regular revenue. You need to get profit, retention of profit, stability. It moves you and makes it gives you the ability to navigate the peaks and valleys of business itself, order, which is there's no dependency on an individual. Many small businesses, if, if the owner, if I all of a sudden get sick uh, and picking COVID, 
you know, it can happen, right? The whole business is going under because there's no one there to support the business. But if, if the business can run without me, has profit, has sales, now I can focus on transforming the world around. So you do have to have an adequate foundation to support the levels above it. I also want to point out that this, this business hardware needs works with all size businesses from the micro enterprise of one to the macro enterprise size of Amazon. Amazon notably reverted from higher level needs that they were serving. They were serving impact and legacy, I'd argue, back in early March of 2020. They automatically reverted to the base of sales when the COVID crisis broke. They, they, they changed their whole sales model. They moved to essential items. They, they changed the prime model, no longer were satisfying that because they had to move to essential items. By doing that, they were able to sustain the business actually grow even more volume as opposed to just leaving sales how they were. So all businesses will move around, just like you pointed out, in Maslow's heartbeat, based on the circumstances around us. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. All right, so so now that we know what these levels are and a company who's going through this book, whether they're a company of one or they're an Amazon-sized company, now that we know these five levels and start to evaluate where we fall on them at the time, what do we do next? Great question. So once you know where you fall, you know what needs to be fixed. Begin to get there, start a foundation, say, do I have adequate sales or adequate profit? Also, I just want to note, within these different levels, there's what's called core needs, five core needs at each level. So cumulatively, five levels with five core needs each, there's 25 core needs that make up the genetic code of a business. So we pinpoint where we are. Once you know what you need to fix, the question, of course, is how do you fix it? Well, the, the method we use is an acronym it's called OMEN. OMEN is a strategy to, or framework, if you will, to navigate what we're fixing. And uh, for small businesses, most small businesses know a couple of these elements, but only a couple only execute on it. And that's why they struggle to achieve goals. So OMEN goes like this. O stands for objective. You know, what are we trying to fix here? So if we're looking at the sales level, one of the sales needs, core needs, is called client conversion. Some of the prospect, how many are converting into clients? So the objective is to create more clients. Then we do the M, which is measurements. So measurements are, you know, what kind of uh, sales do we need from them? What kind of dollar number? Uh, how many do we need to convert every week or month, whatever? So we set metrics so we specifically know what we need to get out of that objective. Now, the interesting thing for small businesses is most small businesses do these two things. They know inherently, but they do is set it and forget it. They set the objective, they set the measurements and say, okay, let's get more clients. And uh, they never check again until the end of the year. And like, oh, that didn't work out or the end of the quarter. E stands for evaluation frequency. How often are we going to go in and evaluate our progress on a specific measurement and objective? So evaluation frequency is a calendared event. We've got it in our calendar, revisit, rehash regularly. 
Um, if we don't calendar it, we don't do it. And, and you got to find the, the Goldilocks just right timing. You know, to check your client conversion every second would be absurd for most small businesses. For Amazon, very appropriate, right? They, that's the volume they have. Checking every year would be way too slow for many small businesses, but someone like Boeing that does big mass conversions, you know, they probably check once every six months to a yearly rate to see how are they trending on their conversion rate. So fix in on the right area. And the last element is nurture. Nurture is we give ourselves the ability to modify the objective and the measurements, even the evaluation frequency on a periodic basis. Because when we set our objectives and measurements, it's based on our knowledge at hand at that time, but, but things change. So over time, we give ourselves the right ability and the demand of ourselves to change these things around. And I just suggest that it's a multi-person party our group that's dictating that. In fact, I sent my own team call just right before ours. There's three of us on it discussing and arguing about different ways to move the business forward. And by that, we get a much more comprehensive consideration as opposed to one person says, let's do this, maybe become tunnel vision, myself included. So having the leader say, this is what we're going to do, and then they're the only one determining how we're proceeding and if we should tweak it, they won't change because it's their own idea. They have a, a natural bias toward it. So by having a collective, you start modifying and tweaking things. And you may find that, for example, setting a goal of conversion, an objective of conversions, maybe wasn't the right setting. Maybe it was prospects. We don't have enough prospect flow. So we need to give ourselves that right to modify as we move along. And you mentioned, you know, the small businesses tend to, you know, focus on O&M a little bit. Do you, are, are there certain pitfalls in doing this that you see are more problematic for smaller companies than for larger ones going through this yeah, well, methodology? Yeah. So th- there is a major pitfall for small businesses. I call it the survival trap. And what the survival trap is, you can kind of vision this in your head. If you draw the letter A and put a circle around it in the center of a piece of paper in your mind, that represents where our business is right now in this moment. Here's the trap. You can draw arrows away from A. So starting at A, an arrow draw away in any direction you choose being a choice you can make. But you can do this three or four times or five times. So you can do as many arrows away from A as you want in different directions. And what this points to is we can go in any direction to get relief out of the moment that we're experiencing now, this crisis or challenge. But in the final step, I tell people, draw the letter B in the bottom left corner of that piece of paper, put a circle around that. That's what your business needs from you. That's its vital need. It's what it needs next. And some questions, how many arrows that we drew pointed to B? And uh, usually there's none, maybe one by happenstance. But the problem here is this represents or illustrates what business experience. A is the now, B is the next, but we can't draw arrows for B because we don't know where it is. So we're constantly escaping the now. So that's the typical trap of small business is we know what the, the sensation is of the moment. We'll keep escaping it only to be put in a new A. So with fix this next, the goal is to identify B. What does your business actually need from you? And move forward. Now, a small business, it's not like we ignore everything else. Everything else must be happening. Just like while we're talking, we're still breathing on automatic. It has to happen. But we have to concentrate our energies on one specific area. So in our business, all those five levels have to be being served or played out at any given moment. It says that at any given time, one area, B, needs or yeah, requires our full attention because that's our next most important thing to do, our vital need. I imagine for a lot of people listening to this, what might be going through their mind is, yeah, but I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And, you know, there's an emergency here. Yeah. I, I imagine that you have found that many entrepreneurs almost 
convince themselves that the fires they have to put out is really how they need to be spending their time. And, and all that's really doing is keeping them from focusing on what the business needs to move forward. Yeah, many business owners behave that way. Listen, I, I behave that way. I needed this book just as much as any other reader. And what I realized is it's a certain point where I had to acknowledge what was working then is not serving me now. By putting out fire after fire, doing that for years, I can realize maybe this isn't working. If I'm years into business and still putting out fires and have to you know, work while on vacation, I can't leave my business. Um, if I have to be the superhero that swoops in to save the, the, the upset client or uh, to navigate the, that employee issue, there's something finally flawed in my business. Once I accepted that that behavior of putting out fires was not serving the business's growth, um, and actually only worsening things because now I'm more and more involved in the business, then I realized, okay, there had to be something new. So first is that mindset shift of our heightened involvement in the business is actually devolving the company. Once I had that awareness, then it was about the extraction of my involvement in that capacity. So it was identifying a primary problem, not that I wanted to address, but the business needed solved, concentrating energy there and permanently wiping that, that issue off the map identify the next one when our businesses started moving forward. You know, a lot of this seems, as we're talking it through, seems like it would be self-evident, even though a lot of business owners are not doing these things. I'm curious, as you were putting your research together for this book, Mike, was there anything that struck you as surprising that you didn't expect to find? Yeah. So, um, and I'm a neophyte when it comes to understanding how the brain works, but I found dopamine can be our enemy. <laughs> And what happens is uh, when we put out an immediate problem, whenever the issue is there is a dopamine or serotonin, maybe that's it, there's a release of this reward chemical that comes out of our mind. So we actually feel better when we take care of these micro issues. And it's a drain, how we sensation have, of working on these tackling these longer issues where the reward's long term. So we have this greater sense of reward of constantly putting out fires where we have short-term benefit, but, but really negate the importance of the long-term because we don't feel that release. It, it's like smoking or any other habit that we all know smoking is the worst thing you can do. But in the second you smoke, it feels really good. It's the long-term consequence that we're not considering. That kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, the reason we're putting out fires actually because it feels good. We acknowledge that's the reason we're doing it. And then we can start seeing the long-term vision. That, that actually doesn't surprise me at all. And, and dopamine in and of itself is a good thing. However, what you described is a lot. You mentioned cigarettes. Same thing about social media. Social media yeah, yeah. is designed to every time somebody likes your post, you get that little hit of dopamine, you know, just like you're taking a drag off, off a cigarette. And so it's, would it not be then a, a smarter strategy as a business owner than to build in small rewards, small, tiny objectives that you can hit while moving forwards towards your B, yet not running around putting out fires so that you can feel special and good. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we should do. And uh, that's partly why the OMEN is structured the way it is. That evaluation, so objective measurement, evaluation frequency is an opportunity for that weekly charge or if you need to do it daily or whatever to, to give yourself a little hit to see progress. So... Exactly. We need to structure ourselves to give hits. 
hits like that. I, I feel that a lot of us try to fight our own behavior, our own habits and patterns. I don't think fighting is a good choice. I think we need to channel. And so to your point, yes, that's the exact way. So, you know, knowing what we know now, so we're working our way through this book where we've implemented the OMEN model. We've evaluated where we are on those five levels of hierarchy for businesses. What do we need to be thinking about and doing next? So I think the last and final thing is that we have to realize, to realize our vision for our organization is that it's going to be a sequence of steps in a specific direction. And that the circuitous pattern hurts us. I, the opening story I have in the book is about a woman named Amanda Eller who went hiking in the Hawaiian forest. She's a uh, resident of the state of Hawaii and got stuck in the Hawaiian forest for 17 days. Even though it was a familiar area, she got a little off track and she started walk, walking this circular pattern. She was lucky to be found clinging to life, but alive. And this pattern is a very normal thing you hear all the time. These hikers getting lost for so long. It's like, why don't they just walk straight out? One is walk straight. And um, that pattern we see in business, even though the solution is so obvious, just move in one direction consistently, we keep on going these looped patterns. So the way out is first have a vision of where you want to go, where's your way out, but then mapping this path of what are the right steps to get there. First, I got to fix the sales level, make sure that's short up. Then I have to bring about some efficiency and order. Then I'm going to shift back down the profit. We can map it out using this business hierarchy of needs. I guess on a very linear path. I've been using this process now, you know, I started developing it five years ago. I've been using it for about three years actively. And I'm one of now many cases I are rolling in, but my business has grown so much faster and with so much less effort. I'm kind of like, oh my God, duck, I had a V8. Why didn't I do this years ago? I always I had this perverted pride in carrying the business on my back. It's this realization that if you're carrying the business on your back, it's only gonna be as strong as you are. We want our business to be far stronger for it to carry us on its back. So vision, step-by-step -step sequence of resolving the big needs in order, and your, your vision is so much more likely to come true. Love that. So, so well said. Well, Mike, as expected, you delivered so much value, and I know that people listening to this are going to be very excited to get their hands on the book. As you know, because we are at time, I wrap up my shows by asking my guests a single question, and you're going to have to answer it differently than you did the last time. What is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Be, know your purpose. Be true to your purpose. I, I don't know if it's self-given or God-given. I think that's our choice. But I, I have a purpose to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. What I found by that purpose is... It is the ultimate driver. It's brought about the stick to itness. I think the biggest determinant of success is how determined you are to have success. And what will drive you is purpose. So find your life's purpose. And if you don't know what it is, that's totally cool. Then your life's purpose is to discover your life's purpose, I believe. Um, and ever since I found that, it really came to me about 12 years ago, absolute clarity. Uh, I've been on a, a rocket ship, of just a joyous experience through business. I love that. I love that. I, I, I presume the website where people can find out about you is saintmikemcalloritz.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I should, right? Or maybe I'll buy it right now yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. sell it to you at a, at a very special <laughs> price. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so Mike, tell us where people can connect with you and get their hands on this book. Yeah, the best place to go is fixthisnext.com. 
And at that site, there is a free eval. It takes me five minutes to take it. No downloads or anything that you can just take it and go. Uh, it'll pinpoint where within these five levels you are and what within those five levels is your most core need for your business right now. So that's fixthisnext.com. I absolutely love it. And for those of you on the elliptical, we got you covered everything. Mike Michalowicz will be mentioned in our show notes at thedailyhelping.com as well as in the Daily Helping app. Mike, as was the case, over a year and a half ago, and we did this the first time. So great having you on the show. and look forward to having you back on because I know you're a serial writer and we're just going to keep having more books to talk about. So awesome having you here, my man. Dr. Richard, thank you, brother. Absolutely. And I want to also thank each and every one of you who tuned into this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else. Post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.